And here we go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jeff Talks, Jeff Talks Podcast. And today we have a very, very special uh, and dear guest to my heart. Uh, today we have my father, Tom Gunzel, here with us. And I asked him on to be my very first guest due to, I guess, uh, a, a hard relationship or not really knowing how to connect to each other. Um, when, when I was growing up and I really wanted to possibly talk about the dynamics between a father and son and, you know, between him and I, and, and even, we could even talk a little bit about that, like how it was and what happened. I think that's a really powerful story too, and how it is today. So without further ado, everybody, this is my dad, Tom. Hi there, everybody. Hi, Jeff. Uh, Really glad to be here today. Beautiful. It's it's been fun, you know, getting to know the new you, the new me, Mm. and to see our lives grow and change into what what we got going on today. Love it. Love it. So I think... Gosh, I guess we can, why not start with us? Uh, the dynamic uh, between us in the, in the beginning, um, I don't really know where exactly we could start. Uh, gosh, we could start, I guess the, one of the most impactful things that I remember between you and me was when you took me to like a water park. Do you remember that? And I remember... Was that the sex talk? I don't know if that was the sex talk. I think you remember... I remember you telling me later that... uh, I think you were drinking while I was riding on the slides. Or maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe it was another story. But anyways, um, I remember that being a really, really uh, impactful thing in my life just because I remember wanting, wanting to connect with my father. And I remember after that, you taking me to this water park and, uh, I think you went on the slide with me a couple of times or whatnot, but I remember after it was over, I wanted more, like I wanted to connect with you more. And, um, I don't know, I guess we can talk about just the natural yearning and connection that specifically us as males Mm -hmm. have to that longing to connect with your father. We can talk about that. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. It's a lot there, you know, when you talk and I think all those things and the water park story, uh, I can re we can I can tell you the one about the drinking one. That's when we went to Hawaii, and you and your brother oh, were yeah, surfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stayed back and hung out at the that's pool. That's what it was. I mean, you were older, I was older. Still wasn't right, but uh, yeah. that's where I was then. I graduated high okay. school. I was for my senior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Gosh, I don't know. Two thousand twenty, two thousand fourteen, two thousand four. Sorry, mm-hmm. two thousand four. Hmm. But the dynamics uh, from that water park story, and you know, I remember all the times that we, I would try hard to take you somewhere and and spend that quality time with you. I knew that that was important, mm. and I knew that I missed it with my dad. I I didn't get a lot. I 
I wanted more, just like you felt. And at an early age, I thought I was getting it. You know, when you're when you're young, you're below five. Whatever memories I have, I've had of that. I remember him trying. I think I I feel that a lot. But mm. as I got older, it, it it I didn't feel he tried anymore. You know, and I try continue to try because as I age, got into my teens. I would have urges or feelings or even thoughts about people, you know, all kinds. And when I would go to him being the most, you know, valued person I, I had in my life, mm-hmm. he would, I'll say always or most always, twist it where I was doing something wrong uh-huh. and even bad or I shouldn't think that way. And I remember those things about asking a question about the African-American that came to my school. Hmm. Still bring that one up often, and he just just tore me up saying, don't talk to him, don't hang out with him. Don't, don't talk to the African-American. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. I had already talked to him, so it's like I felt I did something wrong. Yeah. Get in trouble. And, but I, I'm glad that I didn't believe him. I hmm. continued to, to be my own self in a lot of different ways that he didn't approve of, and all, all the teachers, all the people in authority didn't approve of it. So I was literally uh, a free spirit, and I know that now because it's coming out in a better way in my life today. Yeah. But back then, the longing to, to want that connection with him, it eventually changed. It stopped. Mm. You know, And I think for you to bring it up and just for us to, to know what we've gone through mm. over the years you know, before your recovery, that's where we were. Right. That's where we were. and Me- Meaning it, it stopped. Yes. Yeah. It stopped. Yeah. And I, I didn't believe it. I was in denial. I didn't, I don't want anything to stop that I'm connected to. Sure. But it did, mm. you know, and I denied it. And so it was just the challenge of still living in that state. But I'll go back to the question you said. So how was it when I was like, like raising you? What were those times? Yeah, yeah. I again just for a different perspective from your perspective specifically. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't know this then, you know, 30, 30 years ago when you're like four and five times. Yeah. But I've told your brother this that when you would behave, you know, react, that was really the the, the mirror of what was going on inside of me. Mm. You know, I, I've only been able to say that a few times. I, I, I hope I told you that, but I, I know I told Jason. Uh, and I just stuffed all my feelings where today we, we can go into those problems that have happened. But <laughs> I'm trying to recover yeah. from them. Right. I'm trying to heal those those areas that were really blocked and, and pushed so far down right. that they're coming up now where I know that. You know, it, it it was my loss. It was my insecurity that I didn't want to go any further with you, with me. Now, mm. If I couldn't go any further with me, how could I, you know, go any further with you? But you had such a strong will, <laughs> which comes from mine and my mom's side, you know, right. grandma, that you still had your drive and your connection with your universe. Mm. And I did not think it was right because it was my universe. Yeah, yeah. It was mine, but I didn't acknowledge it. It was a hidden universe for me that was scary, was was exciting at the same time. Mm. But I fought the whole time, literally fought. The challenge with my dad is it never got restored like ours is now. It, it never did, and I still 
really go somewhere that I wish it could have happened. Sure. But I tried. Like you tried. And then the, the love of it and the forgiveness was when I was able to say, you know, okay, when you right. came to me and I shared my heart and you shared yours. And it just opened up this, this huge new world, you know, for both of us. Yeah, I think, I think for me it was wanting that connection so badly that even though I knew I, I didn't know how, I didn't know how to talk to you. I didn't know, even know how to express my emotions or my feelings in a healthy way. You know, I just blamed everybody else for my problems, you know, but I think just being able to, I love how Brene Brown says, um, oh my gosh, that, uh, her husband, they're having this dynamic story and she's talking about how she asked her husband, you know, what do you think? Do you think that people are really trying the best that they can? I think I've shared this story with mm-hmm. you and what I read in her book. And her husband comes back to her like a couple hours or a day later or something and says, I don't know if people are trying the, the best that they can, but I know my world is so much better when I choose to believe that people are trying the best they can. And I think just in like yours and mine dynamic um, before the amends process and and all that, I think just like trying kind of wasn't good enough anymore, you know? And I think like, yeah, we would try and we tried to hang out. We try to talk, you know, and like kind of just pretend and like, show face, if you will. And like, yeah, I got it all together. And you, you know, like, yeah, we're okay. But deep, deep down, we knew that we weren't connected at all. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we weren't trying. It's that we tried so many times, but failure after failure after failure of connecting and almost like two magnets that aren't, Mm -hmm. are like two positives or two negatives. They won't attract Mm -hmm. just so many times of that, where it's just like, well, I guess we weren't meant to connect. I guess we were not supposed to ever have the type of relationship that like, I know I fantasized about it, you know? Um, and I think that's where for me anyways, that is just, I don't even know what to do anymore. I'm going to head over to the bar, you know, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to snort this line or whatever it may have been like, well, that helps me. And that kind of solves the emotional pain Mm -hmm. from not knowing how to connect. So I guess when did, when was, oh my gosh, how do I word this? Was there a specific like aha moment or, or turning point when, cause I know you've referred to your tattoo as like a, a symbol or a staple to like, wanting to, I, I don't even know how you would word it, uh, start to change, start to, like an enlightenment process. So mm-hmm. it, if you don't mind, can we talk a little bit about that and kind of where this all started? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I, I've been thinking about a tattoo that he brought up and it was the yin and yang symbol, uh, like where I wear my watch with my kids' name in it. Mm. As a, as a remembrance, uh, and I just loved all that Hawaiian kind of tattooing art. So uh, 
But I got it mostly just because I liked what yin and yang stood for, and it was it was more of a balance. I didn't study it much. I just I learned a little bit about it, but then left it at sixty. So, I'm how old are you now, Dad? Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight young. Yeah, sixty-eight young. So uh, <laughs> that was a seven-year period in my life that, when it started, I wasn't aware of much of anything. I was still working still angry and just into my own lusts and desires of a man and, mm. you know, just searching, trying to be happy with what I thought I was making me happy. Yeah. I was drinking uh, regularly. Uh, I didn't black out that way, but I still did drink to forget my, my problems with my friends and by myself. So uh, it just, I had to let it be. I had to just let be what I did and and just let it go, let it grow or fall. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. But in that time, a lot of things happened where I got to retire. I got injured at work. I this is after you got the tattoo? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was, Do you mind kind of touching on what you did for a living? Oh, I was a lineman for, with Edison for 32 years. 32 years. Great career. I started when I was 30. So a really good time to start. Uh, for me, uh, yeah. even though I had to work with guys in their twenties that were had more seniority than me, which was <laughs> not easy, that was the hardest ever. But it, it worked out. It paid all the bills, a whole lot, with mm. uh, for my kids and you know my ex at the at my ex now. Uh, so in, in in all that happening. I'll use the word awakening. I'll use the word aware Mm. because those are words that I've learned now that is really what happens to people when you get that enlightening moment, the bulb goes on and you realize, let me think about that a little longer. Mm. And when I would do that and when things were happening in my life that I would see were enlightening, and I didn't even used to use those words before, and what it does, it makes me feel good after it's over. I still feel like I did something right uh, and it's it's a real satisfying feeling, you know. I I didn't drink. I didn't do all that other stuff that I used to practice. I did something right, and it was just it was just happening. So as time went on, we'll, we'll just fast forward a couple more years in that seven year time. In 2017, I got to see a solar eclipse. It happened in. Idaho, I took a 20-day trip with a cool friend. I remember that. Really great. And we got to this super good spot where we saw it go completely dark. And it was a weird, eerie feeling, which they told me would would happen. But, you know, I was doubtful, but it did. It got dark. The birds came out. The streetlights came on. (laughs) Crickets. Chili, crickets, everything. For about a minute. And we just took our glasses off and looked straight at the sun with being blocked by the moon. And then it drifted away, and it started the whole other process for letting the sun back. Mm-hmm. So, you know those experiences that you have that you didn't really know you had one? I don't know what to call that, but that's what that was. Like deja vu? Okay, good good one. <laughs> Maybe. I don't use that often, but uh, that really was, because it's like after it was over, you know, we're sitting around the same people. It sort of got quiet. You know, we're just not sure what just happened. Mm-hmm. It got warm again, and, you know, the people were, you know, because it was a big festival area kind of thing, and I said, just, I was the only one that said at first, I go, I think I feel different. Wow. And somebody else might have said, 
is that what that is? And so we just all had this really trippy feeling going on. And a, was it a good feeling? Good. Yes, I was. It was all good, peaceful. Like somebody just got healed, or hmm. or you just had birthday cake, or whatever it was. It was just <laughs> all brand new. Yeah. But there again, I didn't do much with it. We continued our trip and got home. You know, how many days later. But in that year, Gracie moved to, Jeff's sister moved to Oregon. Mm -hmm. Did you move to Pennsylvania in 17? Yeah, yeah. It was May 15th, 2017. I went out to the East Coast in Pennsylvania and started my, you know, sobriety recovery journey. And then I think a month ish, maybe two months later, then Grace moved to Oregon. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I helped her get there. I drove her with her boyfriend and the whole moving van, and it was a nice trip. You know, I enjoyed it and flew home. And But things were really starting to start that were shaking up my world. Two so of my shaking kids. Shaking up leave. your world. Okay, okay. Two of them leave. Right. I didn't even say bye to you. No, I, I remember. Yeah, that. I didn't really say bye to nobody. I was like, I got to go now. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, well, I and I guess we can talk on that a little bit too. So for those of you, you that are listening, um, I would say the we didn't really talk one-on-one for eight months. I think we only talked uh, like at birthday parties, family get-togethers and stuff like that. And it was very fake, but we never really talked one-on-one. Um, and I think it was for about eight months. We just weren't talking. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I'm sure me leaving, you know, and then Grace leaving and just like what's going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think again, I'm I'm enjoying hearing your perspective on things right now. This is this is pretty cool. So you're kind of having certain uh, transforming moments in the fact that like it, you're almost becoming more aware mm-hmm. of feelings Mm -hmm. and emotions and the changing in energies. And then, you know, people, specifically your children, you know, one that you didn't have a healthy, we'll say, relationship with, uh, leaves without saying anything. And you haven't talked to in months, you know, and you've shared before that, you know, you were probably in denial, but I, I think everybody knew, everybody knew. Um, and then grace leaves. So yeah. What, what were those changes that after, I mean, gosh, everything kind of got shook, you know, and, and rattled around what, what was that process? Like, what was that, you know, feelings, physical, was that when the kidney stones happened? Was that around there or was that before? I forget that. That's another story. Okay, but, uh, we can go another time. Another uh, time. I I was in denial. I, I've mm. learned denial well, and when I'm in denial, I stuff, and that's related to my kidneys and my my bladder part, where it's affected me today. Do I have a weakness in the, in that area? Yeah. So it's a thorn in my side that was caused by my not dealing with my my past or my issues or my present it's just still not dealing with them mm. so when uh when you left i I'll, I'll we'll stay on that for a little bit yeah please uh because 
denial for me is such a real thing that I leave it. I literally leave it, but I still know it's there. So it's, it's I don't know if it's a residue or if it's a ghost, but it's a haunting thing that it always comes back to, I'm not dealing with my feelings. There's mm-hmm. still areas that I need to admit right. my truce, my 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 inner child. I mean, that's that has been creeping up for a while now. That uh, <laughs> yeah, he had some pretty traumatic experiences mm. that I knew I never dealt with. I don't want to say most people don't, but it, it's hard to go there. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But for now, I know that that's really how it had to go. So Jeffrey left the 15th, right? Or May 15th uh, or something. Like, date or whatever it was. I think it was the 19th, actually. It was four days after. After May 15th, which was Mother's Day in 2015. Uh-huh. Uh, 2017. Uh-huh. So, yeah, four days after that, on a Thursday, I was on a plane. So I did know where you were. I, your mom told me some and, and this and that, and I was able to you know be there. But wow. you remember... On the Father's Day, the very next month, June twenty first, mm-hmm. you called me. Uh huh. Remember where I was? Yes, you were at Grandpa's headstone, gravesite, gravesite, which is my dad's, Henry Gonzale, who died not a very happy person. He got dementia and all that. He couldn't talk. He shriveled away to a to a nothing. To a very frail person. I didn't mean to say nothing. Uh, and before that, we'd never made things right. I tried over and over in my own heart with letters and church friends and just my... You and Grandpa. Yes. You're right. But okay. we didn't try this way. I right. tried on my you own. You and I? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he was never aware of his issues. And I'll say that now because that's what I had to go. I had to learn to be aware and and go there. He never did, and it never it didn't help me at all because I was sharing that I was unpleased. I was just unhappy with what you did. I was specific, and he didn't he didn't get my 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 drift or my mm-hmm. energy, and so it never got restored. Never. So I went on my whole life feeling that way, and you know wondering do I forgive him? Do I not forgive him? So you know your question. Do I forgive him? It's like, yes, but there's a but because I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm still a very active person in my mind to where I want to control things. I want to, and my way of controlling them is reacting just like my father did with all the behavioral things that I learned from him. So it's, it's been a long road, but... In your recovery, I became aware. Of in my recovery. In your recovery. Yeah. That's, that's how this will all go. Uh, it softened me enough to know that the son can teach the dad. Yeah. You know, the teacher can, the, the student can teach the teacher. And there's a few people like that in my life right mm. now, a lot. Not a few, a lot. So, uh, that's really special that somebody of youth would have that concern for me. Yeah. And and say those words or sense that, give that energy. Thank you for sharing your emotion, Dad. Um, 
Sorry. So before we did get this started, I actually had a couple questions just to fill fill in the listeners. I had a question of, have you forgiven your father? So that's what... uh, that's what dad was referring to when he said to answer your question, have I forgave my father? Um, we kind of had a conversation before we started this, but that was beautiful. Dad. Thank you. I really Thank appreciate you. it. And, and I, I'm a hundred percent sure that this is, uh, that that is going to be impactful to somebody who's listening right now. Mm. And, um, I guess we can talk a little bit about that. I feel like we're kind of flowing pretty nicely. So the uh, what my dad's referring to is is the process in the twelve steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Is uh, there's a, an amends process? Uh, it's step nine, and step eight is making the list, and step nine is actually taking action and going to those people and reaching out and. Uh, and not just saying sorry, but actually, you know, what can I do to make things right? So I knew that I knew that making amends to to my father was going to be a big one. But I knew if I wanted to be free, if I wanted to be a hundred percent spiritually free and emotionally free, and even physically free, that. I think you were the first one. You were the first one I made amends to. So in that story, my uh, I flew out here, I think it was around Christmas time. It was around Christmas time, um, 2018, 2000, maybe 2018, I think. It was the second year, first year. I was, I was almost a year sober. Was it before you came out and visited me? Was it before? I sure think it was because we were... So it was that first first Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I was still seventeen. That's what. Okay, I visited you eighteen. Okay, that's what it was. Because yeah, I was about eight months sober, nine months sober, mm-hmm. and I was getting anxious. And I'm just like, I was talking to my sponsor. I was like, dude, like, can I move on? You know? And he's like, no, Jeff. Let's wait till you go to go back to Cali. You make your amends, and then we'll meet up, and you know, we'll finish the rest of your steps together. It's like, okay, okay. You, you know, it was hard. It was really, really hard. Um, to, it's hard to clean up your side of the street um, or to clean out that filter, that inner dialogue and the inner whatever feelings and all that, those beautiful things. So you picked me up at the airport, right? I think we had to pull over because we were crying. Got burrito. <laughs> yes, yeah. from Taco Bell. And, uh, and we're driving back and gosh, I think, I think we pulled over in like a florist parking by the, the in and out over here, mm-hmm. pulled over there. Mm-hmm. We have a, a moment together and then we drive uh, back to your place and I get all my luggage out or something like, or no, anyways. And uh, I ask if, if you, you got a minute, if we can like sit down and, mm-hmm. and talk mm-hmm. and I don't have my note cards with me right now, but I remember it being so hard and also one of the most healing processes I've ever had in my life. And I've actually shared this a few times because my sponsor instructed me to call him before each and every amends. And he would remind me that this isn't for you, Jeff. This is for them. 
And what stamped that for me was after making amends to you and us crying together and really feeling those unfelt emotions of, you know, that were stuffed away for years and allowing them to feel, we just started crying. And then the healing process really started there for me. But um, specifically what really stuck out to me, especially after my sponsor said that this isn't for you, Jeff, this is, this is for them is when you said, Jeff, this helps me forgive my dad. I remember that like it was like it was yesterday. And, and that was one of the most mm-hmm. powerful moments for me because I felt like I felt like this energy that we were finally able to connect. Mm-hmm. Like our batteries and our magnets were finally flipped the freaking right way. And we were finally able to connect and feel like a beautiful charge, you know? And even though grandpa's, you know, not with us, I felt a beautiful connection, you know? And I felt that connection through you. And uh, so that kind of gives everybody a little, a little more context. Uh, that was, I remember our relationship really, really starting to blossom mm-hmm. from from then on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess if, did you want to add any more to that experience? Because it, I mean, if not, we can go on to how, how it is now. But if you wanted to add it to any of that, I'm sure your perspective yes, would yes. be very insightful. Let me add. Uh, <laughs> I, I went through a big transformation during... And after, and in mm. almost every day, uh, I really mean that because there's so many things that happen in my life now that I know I, I did learn from my dad, but through you and our forgiveness and restoring those damaged parts that I had with my dad, you know, I, I really mean it. You, you stepped up to where you hit that that chord, that right note mm. in me. And I don't know where it was as far as which part of my body, but I know the back of my heart still has a lot of areas that needs to be worked on. Mm. And it just it just busted open. I mean, I haven't cried. I still get extremely teared up with it because of the emotion that it it released. Right. It it's a release right. of a feeling that's so close to those scary feelings of of you want to run. But when you don't, if you're with a person, they their energy grabs you, mm-hmm. and it, it don't let you go, and it takes all that other trash that was learned and believed. See, I believed it. I believed you were a certain way because I was. I knew I was. So when you got recovery and really recovered and came back with that heart that was so soft... It it just like you know cut right into all that needed to get past me yeah. because I, I it's a mirror it's still those mirrors and if we can talk about those we can and it's great I like my mirror now <laughs> yeah. I like you know there's still some that I know about them but it's still theirs right I I related to yours too much right and then you didn't even know mine 
No. He had no idea. That's that's another topic too. But now in our in our in our uh aging, we've been able to completely integrate both of our ways we were raised to the point where this can't stop. You know, it's coming to enough light. Yeah. I really want to go there. hundred percent. Yeah. And go there, please. The legacy of, of what was started and, and from my dad and his parents and his mom and dad, all his sisters, all that life. I had it too. He like gave it to me and I gave it to you, even though I didn't want to give it to you. So that's that's the weird part of raising kids where you give them the stuff that if you could have taken it back, you would have said, don't do this. Yeah. But it restored in, in, in the time of, you know, now. It's been so much restored in multiple areas. So I'm really excited what's, what's next and how this is going and, you know, what you're doing and if you asking me these questions and I feel really valued. (laughs) I feel, you know, the excitement of seeing you grow and Mm -hmm. you will carry this on for your nephew, for all the other nephews that's like you, you know, you got a great (laughs) little falling with all these little ones in our, in our life. And we get to be different. Mm. We get to talk about how it was and show how it is. Yeah. Act. I like is. that. I like that a lot. So we we can we can talk a little bit how it is now and, and our dynamic and uh you know how, how often we meet for lunch. Um and and we talk and, and encourage one another. Um uh, so I guess I I'll kinda start I'll kinda start out and uh Yeah, we'll see where this goes. So in my experience, my relationship now with 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 you has blossomed, and and I use that word blossomed because, I mean, I guess I love that saying. How do you know what the light looks like if you've never been in the dark? And I feel like we were in the dark. Did you, you know? say it right? Did I say it right? How do you know what the light looks like if you've never been in the dark? Yeah, I think I said it right. (laughs) So having had our relationship, for lack of a better word, in the dark, right? We were both unconscious, unaware, didn't know how to express our feelings and our emotions in a healthy manner, you know? Um, And we often blamed each other, you know? But now having had experienced that, we can appreciate what we have now Mm -hmm. tenfold, a hundred, a thousand fold, way more than if we would have never been in the dark together. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that I feel that God has graced me with the ability, the opportunity, the ability to be resilient to the dark and almost have this weird, like masochistic side. I'm sure that like almost like liking pain and feeling it's like your identity and, and you just, you, you go dark, quote unquote, but then being able to come out and now having the choice Mm -hmm. to, I don't want to live that way anymore. 
actually, I don't want to, I've shared with you about this in the past and other conversations, but I don't want to run from pain anymore. I want to, I feel like I'm running towards joy mm-hmm. more so than running from something. I'm running towards something rather than running from something. And, and that's just kind of happened in the past couple of months, but being able to, instead of like, I'm sure in the past we had this dynamic of wanting to run away from our own pain. You, you literally use the words run from, you know? Um, so instead of running from this painful situation, for me, it's like we're running to connect, mm-hmm. to talk, to meet up for lunch, to go play pickleball, you know? And I'm excited to share with you certain things about, you know, my girlfriend and, and you with your girlfriend now. And mm-hmm. it's just so exciting to be able to not have the expectation of I need my father my idea that I could have or definitely did create in my own mind of what a father needs to be in order for me to feel worthy of love and connection and belonging. Instead, now I'm able to go into these conversations just seeing you, mm-hmm. be you, and not needing you to be a certain way because the God of my understanding, right? And the universe has filled me with love and compassion and a worthy, a worthy, fulfilling love so that I don't need, you know, I don't need others in my life. I want others Mm. in my life, you know? And, And I think I've used that dynamic with you before, but Before it was so just, it was more of a run from mentality and and now it's run to, uh, and it's, it's, I love the fact that I, I have, you know, the, the gift of my recovery and that I'm able to be a whole individual and have my own relationship with the God of my understanding and with my inner child and feel whole, feel one, and then go and hang out with you and we just have fun and we talk and we catch up and, and what's new in your life? What's, oh, I'm, I'm painting this or I'm doing this or I'm doing ukulele at the youth shelter. I, we can talk about that a little bit too. I think that's amazing work that you do. Um, so that's for me what has made such a beautiful change and a, a positive impact in my life, um, which has really inspired me. And that is the whole reason of why I really wanted to do this podcast. Mm -hmm. Because if this story and this dynamic between you and I can help anybody with their dynamic, with any relationship, you know, that's a win. Even if it, even if it's one, you know, that's a win. So this, our relationship has inspired me that especially now being in recovery, if you want something, give it away. I'm trying to give this shit away, you know? Like it, I have to, I need to, I want to. It would be selfish of, of me to hold on to this, you know? So that's, that's, basically, that's basically why I wanted to do this podcast and, and why I'm so grateful that you agreed to it 
and why you've shared some beautiful emotions and whatnot. So if you want to take, take us home with uh, how it is now and, and uh, positive, the love, the, the worthiness of love and anything, anything that you would like to add and from your, your perspective, mm-hmm. of course, and your side. Alrighty. Well, yeah, I, there it, there is a a lot that's that's different. Uh, my insight on things, I look at them differently. Mm. You know, our relationship, the way we bond, and and it's 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 grown every time. It's grown. I was told once by a close friend that said I going through a metamorphosis, and I remember when that person told me, I texted you right after that because we had had a really good whatever visit and I says you are too you know and uh so hearing that and then for me it's believing the truths that I hear from others I've had a doubting mind to where even though something was going well I would still put something in at the thoughts that it's not well but that's what's changed with us because our relationship wasn't well it was it was in need of some love and hope and so when it became well it just continued to heal. And when that healed, areas of my heart, your heart, were softened to where somebody else could come to you, a work person, an irritation that happens. I mean, they happen. And I deal with them different now with everything. I sometimes think a little bit longer and don't react. Because when raising you and, and learning about kids and their behaviors... All we do is react. We're just reactive beings. Mm. And me being a really a nuclear reactor, you being a <laughs> sidekick of your... So there was a lot of reacting in, in our household. Mm. And it was chaos for the world, you know, our neighbors, everybody. Uh, so the change has been so night and day to where there's a gentleness about you that I, I see you, even when you play your intense sports, you know, I see a gentleness and a control and a peace and... And me too. So I, I'm. I really like seeing your mirror, my mirror. Mm. Uh, you know, your your great girlfriend, the the time you're spending, all, all the growth. Your just the, the growth that I'm seeing you do. Which, when I was raising you in those times, I remember my viewpoint was not positive of you. And I don't know if we've touched on this much, but and I would think all parents have those times where they're just bummed out on their group, right? Yeah. But what it is, it's it's themselves. It was so inward in me that I would stuff all those feelings, become ill, and go on. It was very monotoning and tiring and bad for mental health. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, fast forward to now, you know, we talked about our meetings, our often, I mean, Saturday again, we eat, we play games, it's a great world with me and Jeff. We connect on such a different level on sexuality things, yeah. uh, so many body things, and just world of, of reaction. It really is. Because we're still going to need to react when we work or when we play that great sport. But it's done with a different mindset for me. I mean, yes, I, I have a girlfriend now. Wow, I found her in the, in the pandemic. Her name's Pam. So I, I call it a pandemic. Did you hear that? Okay. <laughs> Makes her laugh every time. But yeah. uh, it was such a blessing for both of us, me and, me and Pam, 
because we both had a huge injury from our past, just huge of all that, those words, those feelings, those fights. And we were still recovering from them because we haven't had a friend that was the opposite sex for a while. But God in all his majesty just created a, a better relationship. And is that because things got straightened out with me and Jeff? Well, I'm going to say yes, because mm. when your universe gets cleaned up, you're going to have a sunny sky, right? I mean, just believe that, and it will. And I like the one that you taught me, and I still say a lot. I hope I get it right. Become the person you want to hang out with or oh, you yeah, want to yeah, meet. Yeah, yeah. That can uh, be said so many different ways. By Gandhi. See? So... And be the change you want to see or something like that? Yes. Be who you want to attract? And so yeah. I did. Jeffrey did too. Yeah. I mean, the way everything has worked out, just since a couple of years ago, uh, just all the new yoga stuff that we're both learning, that meditation, how to quiet this active mind that we both have from our heritage, from our, I mean, our, our, people that were born before us, ancestors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's just so, so peaceful where I know that when I leave the house, we're okay. And that's that's the part that I know is good. Even when I leave you and when you're not there and you're at work. I mean, we're contacting all the time, almost as much as my mom, you know? Yeah. So you're, uh, it's just yeah, really become are. a great thing about you and me hmm. that has created a, a really peaceful word, world. Right. So... That's what I wanted to address on that, but do you got time to, to put that into where your brother and sister are? Should we go there? Could we go there? Uh, if, if you want to, absolutely. I mean, we got, we got time. We can, we can keep diving in. Okay, just, just for a minute. And, and so sure. now I've learned so much from this relationship with Jeff. I want the same thing with his brother and sister, Jeff and Jason. Yeah. Jeff and Gracie. But... Jason and Grace. <laughs> Jason and Grace. There we go. Jason. Okay, those two. Names have been tough for me. But I still, in my learning, I just give it to God. Mm. I'm just going to give it and write about it, pray about it, and just keep it in my heart so when the time comes up, I will be right. ready and give give my love the same way I gave to you. I don't know. So that's on my mind a lot. Yeah. I have that one. It's hard. It's hard. I, uh, I think I've told you before, but I, I had a buddy that I met out in Pennsylvania that when he got sober, his daughter refused to talk to him. And I think he got sober like in his fifties, you know? So like he was doing the thing for a long time and his daughter like he, he has a grandkid I, I don't know if it's a boy or a girl and she's still she's married and she still refuses to see him because of the harm that was caused and you talk I mean I'm just bringing this up because that it's a powerful story and when you hear him talk about it of course he cries and it's super, super emotional for him. But you can hear when he talks about it and he shares about it, that as much as he wants to be reunited with his daughter and his grandkid who he's never met, Mm. 
and it's been years, years, he still shows up. You know, I think he sends, he sends her like a happy mother's day or like a birthday card or stuff like that. He still tries to show up a few times a year on those holidays. And, uh, and he still would show up at the rehab and treatment center for other people just like him, you know? And when he shares that story, everybody kind of just gets a little reality check that you're not always going to get everything back. And, and I think that is a common misconception. I feel like we're lucky and I thank God every day for our relationship that is, that is healed, you know, but I really do think that, you know, we were blessed and I know that's not everybody's story in everybody's uh, journey, but it can be right. And I love how you say, all you got to do is just keep showing up. You know, what, what can I do to make myself available that, if and when somebody wants to connect with, you know, heart to heart, you know, and, and be emotional and cry or whatever it may be and, and feel the feelings that have been stuffed down and allow them to finally heal. So I like that story. And again, like how powerful is that? Like to keep showing up, Yeah. you know, like that's, he's an amazing man. Thank you, Mike, wherever you are. Um, so is there anything else that, that you would like to talk about before we kind of wrap it up? No, but who'd you just thank? Mike? Yeah, Mike. That's whose story that was. Oh. Oh. I don't want to say last name. But oh, I know. I'll follow now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Mike. He's a, he's a great guy. Great guy. You guys would actually probably get along really, really well. I'm finding out, since you said that, uh-huh. I'm literally getting along and meeting more people that, say, 10 years ago, I would not have even looked at. Mm. I would have ignored and been rude. But now, I'm not doing this to them, meaning right. I'm not calling them to me. Right. They're just showing up, wanting to talk to me or meet me or want to are you Tom? Are you? What do you think they're attracted to? Like, what is it that, I mean, would you say that they're strangers? We probably got about 10 more minutes. Some have been strangers. Complete and utter strangers, like at the gas station, walk up? Uh, No, I guess friend of a friend. Okay. Somebody came into the U class once and says, are you Tom? Yes. Uh, Somebody told me about you. You know, it's always that timidness of... What's going on? Well, let's talk. Let's talk about that. We we got some a little bit of time left. I'm trying to keep this around an hour, but um, the youth shelter and the ukulele classes and music and whatnot. Yeah. Why don't Why don't you tell everybody a little bit, kind of about um, a little bit about what you're doing? And gosh, d- dare I say, healing you and and adding to your life for sure. Good, good topic, yes. I have the privilege of teaching beginning ukulele to uh, at-risk youths that come here to Huntington Beach to their youth shelter. 
I've been an active volunteer for about five years. I was invited. It's an invite only to get into that by a very beautiful person, Lois, Lois, you know Mm her. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm really involved now. I know all the the staff. They know I'm on there. They have my numbers. I'm an active member there. And and so what, what they get to do is they get to sit with us with ukuleles and we teach them. And my focus on the teaching is to teach breathing and, you know, some meditation and just chilling with these beautiful instruments. But what has happened, uh, I was very timid going into it because I struggle. I still struggle with not feeling good enough. Okay. It's gotten better. And I think it shows because, you know, if you're not, it really shows that you're not. So the kids were able to heal me and, and in a sense, give me a second chance with my kids, mm. my three, that I did raise and, and still get to see and know. But there was areas that I do different now with these guys. I give them more grace. I, I don't you know, talk to them the way I did my kids. And so going and coming sometimes, I cry because it's like, you know, God, you, you're doing this to me. And even though I have all these feelings and, and you know, upsetness about mm. what I did, slowly they're, they're going away. They're going away to the point now where I do enjoy all kids more or just the people more, the joy of, of knowing that they're just learning little critters. You know, I get to have a grandson now to where I have one. And he's a neat kid, just like me and his brother and sister, just mm. active rascal and it's better for me because i don't i'm not going to change that you know i didn't i couldn't change it in jeff i didn't change it in anybody i don't so thanks uh you shelter for giving me that opportunity and then i i've i have a dog that's i got responsibility to, to have a therapy dog that it's not even my dog this person gives me the privilege to have this thing and take it to my mom's place. A certified like therapy, certified therapy dog, dog. Yeah. Beautiful little critter. So these things have been coming into my life that only bring calmness, which I only wanted chaos before and confusion and anger. Right. So my world has changed a lot, uh, in these seven years, but, recently in the one, in this last one, big time. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. Well, we did have a little time to spare, but I think we did fantastic. Um, Gosh, I guess we can finish up by saying that if, if you struggle with, gosh, relationships, in my experience, the only person that I had any control over was myself and my own feelings and my my own reactive like behaviors and whatnot. So cleaning up our side of the street, cleaning up my side of the street had this beautiful uh, chain reaction to, to allow the connection that I, I've been longing for my whole life. So... Um, I guess we can we can leave it with that. So I love you all. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. 
and stay safe out there. Bye. What's happening, family? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please share with all your family and friends. And if you want to dive deeper and do some one-on-one coaching with me, please go to jeffgonzell.com. That's J-E-F-F-G-O-N-Z-E-L-L.com. Check out the website. It has free resources and also it has access to working with me one-on-one. Enjoy. Have a beautiful day.